0: Hey, hey, welcome back to the Holistic Nutritionist podcast. My name's Natalie Douglas, and I am about to talk about a topic that I feel like needs more attention. It's a conversation I have. Every week in clinic, probably multiple times in a week. Now, before we jump into that, I wanted to just give you a little bit of an update. So I've had a number of people jump on my waitlist for one to one consultations and a few extra follow up emails around when that will actually open up in terms of spots. So at this stage, there are no more spots available until 2021. However, the fastest and easiest and only way to get in line for a one-to-one consult is to jump on that wait list. So please do that. You can do it via the link in my bio from my Instagram, or you can simply go to nataliekdouglas.com and navigate to the Work Together page. So let's chat. All things period fame. Hand up, although I cannot see them, but virtual hands up if you experience period pain or you have experienced period pain. I guarantee you there are some internal hands raising and some of you may have period pain, but not even identify or recognize that it is actually abnormal. The thing that often happens or what I find often happens is that because period pain is so common, we normalize it. So, everyone's experience is different. And I think that's where sometimes it becomes complicated because you only know what you know, right? You've only been in your body, I assume. And so, what you know to be true in relation to what your period feels like on a pain level or a sensation level may be vastly different from the next person or vastly different from what we would consider normal. So to try and get us all on the same page or to try and make you understand what period pain is and isn't, I'm going to do my best to explain how it might feel. So a normal period should essentially come without you really knowing too much that it's coming, like you might start to feel a little bit more um, introverted, lethargic, needing a little bit more rest um, leading up to your period, but it shouldn't cause you to become a completely different person (laughs) leading up to your period and it certainly should not be experienced as pain. So when your period arrives and when you are on the first few days of your period, you might feel a... Sensation, a heaviness, a something there, but nothing that you would describe as a pain or even as like a really dull ache. So I would describe a normal period as feeling a sensation, but not feeling anything more than that. So if you're someone who experiences period pain, let's say that it's what I would call regular period pain. Notice, not normal period pain, but just regular straighty 180 period pain, that would most likely be experienced as like cramps, maybe something that you feel quite a deep ache with. But it's also something that is relieved by really simple interventions to rectify the situation, which I'm about to talk about now. If you do not get relief from the simple strategies I'm about to go through within a three-month period, and I'll tell you why three months is important in a moment – then it's definitely a sign that something deeper can perhaps be going on. So what I mean by something deeper is that it may be, it's a red flag that there might be something like endometriosis, atomiosis, or pelvic dysfunction in some way. And it absolutely should be investigated. It is not something that you just need to put up with. And it really is something that needs a, yeah, needs absolutely a few sets of eyes on. So both, you know, medically speaking and also so from a holistic alternative natural medicine perspective, because we definitely have a huge role to play in that. So what is period pain or what causes period pain rather is when there is a large amount or a significant amount of what we call prostaglandins, which are inflammatory things like trying to think of a non-scientific word that still makes sense inflammatory cytokines is what they're actually called and they are something that is like happens in everyone in terms of they they are there whenever the uterine lining is shredding or getting prepared to be shred shred shed (laughs) your uterine lining is not shredding it is shedding and when there's too many of them, that's when you experience what we call period pain. That aside, there are many other things that can drive prostaglandins up and therefore contribute greater to your experience of the degree of period pain. However, that is not what this podcast is about, not what this episode is about, I should say. What I actually wanna talk about is simple strategies that you can implement by yourself today to help relieve your period pain. Period pain remedies, what the heck actually works. So in my experience, both personally and professionally working with loads and loads of women on hormones and on getting periods back, on making periods more regular, lighter, less painful, all of the good things, there are a few simple strategies that I find to work really, really well time and time again. I'm going to go through the list now. But before I do, what I want you to know is that you really do need to give these strategies a good three months to work. And the reason that is, is because your follicles actually, which are like your little eggs basically that uh, mature, they take three months or about 90 to 100 days roughly to actually go through that maturation and that will affect your period. And so we need to actually wait that, that amount of time to see the full effect of the interventions that we're putting into place. So I call your period. Your, which I totally borrowed from Lara Bryden, who is incredible in this space, your one to three monthly report card. So it really is a reflection of, well, what is going on in my body? How healthy, balanced, nourished am I, or have I been in the last one to three months? And that is what is going to be reflected in your experience of your current period. Not, you know, have I had a relaxing time in the last week? Have I taken the day off work? That's, you know, kind of too late to be having an influence over your period. Still a great idea. I fully support days off on your period, but it's not going to be en- it enough when it comes to relieving your period pain. All right, on to my strategies. P.S. Does anyone else sing their words far too often? I've just have become aware that I do it quite a lot and I think some people are okay with it but I was doing it the other day to a friend and they were like will you stop singing anyway I'm very sorry if it annoys anyone kind of like sorry not sorry okay total tangent let's talk about period pain strategies number one sleep oh my gosh, revolutionary, right? Yes, sleep is incredibly important. It's when all of our hormones hit reset, so to speak. It's something that is so nourishing to your nervous system, which has a very, very strong impact on your hormones and also on inflammation. Next up is manage stress. And I don't mean just manage stress, you know, on the weekend when you've got like an hour to yourself. I mean, try and implement daily stress management and that can look different for everyone. For me, it's about being in nature every day, moving my body every day, um dancing every day. And that literally sometimes is just putting on one song while I'm waiting for my dinner to cook and just moving energy throughout my body. It sometimes is breath work. It might be yoga. It might just be having a good chat with a friend or Giving my husband a hug, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Find your thing and do it every day. Not waiting till the end of the week, the end of the month, you know, holidays. That's too late. We need daily injections of managing our stress. Okay, so stress management and sleep aside, other things that can help are avoiding inflammatory foods. The big players I see contributing to period pain are industrial seed oils, so things like peanut oil, canola oil, vegetable oil, safflower oil, um, soybean oil, those things. Turn your packets over, friends. Turn them over. You will be surprised at how many bloody things contain vegetable oils. So, please make sure that you start doing that and do not take the front of labels as gospel. Always be a label detective. Turn it over. Look at the ingredients. Make sure none of those things are in it. And if they are, put the packet down. The next thing is gluten is another one that I see being a big contributor. Dairy, huge one. If I had to pick one, oh, no, I'm not going to do that to myself. Sorry, friends. I'm not picking one. I'm picking all of the things. So dairy would be the other one. Sugar, yes, the dates are included in this. So any concentrated sources of sugar. So pretty much anything except for whole fruit is fine. So that's not a problem. You don't need to stop eating whole fruit, but no fruit juices, no coconut sugar molasses rice malt syrup honey dates i don't know i'm trying to think of the other ones but you know anything that is not whole fruit i or you can use natural sweeteners as in um, stevia is fine monk fruits fine i quite like those as a little bit of a natural sweetener if you need it however for a good three months i would avoid all of the other concentrated sources of sugar The other thing I find is really beneficial and it pains my little coffee loving heart to say this to you is caffeine. So if you are someone who just choked on your coffee and are like, no way I am not giving up my coffee, then That's okay, your body, your choice. However, what I would say is try and reduce it or see it as a three-month experiment and just know that you can bring it back in if it doesn't work. But I have seen this be the one thing that actually makes a difference to someone. So it's not to say that that's true for everyone, but I've seen it be effective enough times to suggest it. And I say that as someone who bloody loves coffee, Um, I do have organic decaf though, (laughs) such a wellness snob, right? Um, But that's just because I am rather sensitive to caffeine and I already have enough high energy as it is, so no one wants to see me caffeinated. Okay, Next up is magnesium. I love magnesium and I think it is such a game changer for periods. So magnesium anywhere between 300 to 600 milligrams throughout the whole month. So not just like, oh, my period's coming, better pop some mag. I mean throughout the whole month, 300 to 600 milligrams, and in the form of magnesium glycinate is usually the one that I like best. Um, when you actually get your period, you can increase that dose up to about 800 milligrams in divided doses throughout the day. So doing something like, I don't know, 200 milligrams four times a day. I just had to make sure that added up. Isn't that embarrassing? It does add up everybody and I did it really quickly. I didn't even have to push pause or edit the podcast. So the next thing is to eat warming foods and this is a bit of a TCM um remedy or method that I learned from one of my beautiful friends, Elizabeth Cullen. It sounded so fancy. Doesn't she have a beautiful name? And I actually interviewed Liz on the topic of TCM and endometriosis. Um, so please jump in and have a listen to that episode if you are interested. But that aside, warming food. So the, the reason behind this primarily is Primarily is to do with warming the body up, promoting blood flow. So what I often suggest is from kind of ovulation to, you know, pretty much the end of your period or at least a few days into it, try and mostly eat warm Cooked foods. So a bit of an 80-20 rule here works pretty well. So 80% of your plate be cooked warm foods, 20% be something, you know, raw or uncooked. Obviously, don't eat uncooked meat or anything. What I mean by that is like have a some roasted vegetables, but then have a bit of Avo. You know what I'm saying? Okay, cool. I'm gonna assume you do. The next thing that can really be helpful is castor oil packs. So these are used throughout the month leading up to your period but not actually when you start bleeding okay then the next thing I would suggest is a heat pack such an oldie but a goodie right so I feel that works really well for a lot of people but often I don't find that it's enough as a standalone but don't forget your humble heat pack friends next is turmeric which is a powerful anti-inflammatory so More specifically, you're looking for curcumin in a highly absorbable form, and that is the active compound in turmeric, and it can be really helpful in bringing down those prostaglandins, bringing down that inflammation, which can definitely help to ease period pain. Evening primrose oil is another one that works really well, and so is the doTERRA Clary Calm blend. So if you are someone who uses essential oils or has doTERRA in particular, Clary Calm's a great one. And Kate, um, our former podcast host, used to adore this and remind me to actually use it instead of just having it sit there. So please remember to actually apply your Clary Calm. And the other thing that I wanted to mention as well is Histamine, so high histamine foods. So for some people, reducing high histamine foods, such as tomatoes, chocolate, coffee broccoli, anything fermented. There are a bunch of other things, but have a like Google high histamine foods and you'll get a bit of an idea of of what that might be. Sometimes reducing these for people can make a big difference because histamine is involved in pain perception um, and is involved in the inflammatory pathway. That is not to say that everyone needs to do that. And I don't know that I'd go to that one first because some of those foods are obviously really nutrient dense as well. What I often get people to start with is very much the the other things that I've mentioned but if that's not enough to make a difference then you can experiment with you know a a reduced histamine diet and see if that makes a difference to your symptoms and it would usually make a difference within my experience within about a month instead of having to do it for three months so give it a crack if the other things don't work but those would be my top players and of course there's always more there's always more things you can do But when I say there's always more, that really comes down to you as an individual. So that's where working with a practitioner one-to-one, if you're not getting relief from some of the really um, straightforward or simple things that I've mentioned there, can be really beneficial because it may be that there's something deeper driving it. There may be another source of inflammation that you're just not aware of. There may be hormonal imbalances that are exacerbating what you're experiencing. And they're all things that a good practitioner will be able to investigate for you and with you and help you find some additional relief. So I hope that helps. Please, please, please share this episode with any of your female friends who have period pain or have period discomfort, or you just feel like could help a sister out. And while you are at it, I would so, so love and appreciate if you left a rating and review on the podcast. It is, I'm sure, exhausting to hear all the time, but it really does help the podcast grow and reach more people, which is of benefit to everyone. So, I'm going to leave it there, friends. I hope you have a beautiful week and I look forward to bringing you a really exciting interview next week.